Voices that inspire the extended interview. My name is Valerie Arsenault, and I play the violin, and I love to teach and to perform. So how long have you been playing the violin? Well, um, I started when I was five years old, right before kindergarten. So I think that's 44 years now. So, you know, how many kids in their lives start taking music lessons and then, you know, they get older and they get distracted, but you stayed with it? I don't know. Um, I just, I really loved the music. I used to play with our family's um, LP player all the time when I was, you know, three, four, five. I had my own. Um, But I think when I started violin, maybe because my name is Valerie, you know, the V and violin, um, my mom saw a demonstration of some children who had studied the Suzuki method and they were playing. And she told me that she said to herself, my kid can do that. And so they signed me up for a summer workshop, and it just kept going. Um, You know, I remember in first and second grade always drawing violins in art class, and I loved knowing lots of different kinds of music. And um, then, you know, as I was growing up, I got super serious about it when I was about 13. And As is often the case, you know, uh, a gift to a child is to find a teacher or more or several teachers who can be almost charismatic mentors, you know, who really sort of take you under their wing and encourage you. And I was so lucky in that way with so many wonderful, um, caring teachers. Sure does always matter, doesn't it? It, No matter what area it is, a good teacher makes all the difference. It really does. And because I know what so many teachers gave me growing up, um, I feel honored when I can teach now and hope to um, play some of those roles in my students' um, development. And, you know, even if that child doesn't go on to be, you know, a lifetime performer in the arts, that appreciation, the knowledge they gain by learning an instrument, by learning how to read music, is such a gift for life. Oh, absolutely. And I don't expect my students to become professional musicians. Many of them do. But um, the goal is more to experience the process of learning And there's all sorts of different research about how does learning a musical instrument rewire your brain? Um, How does it make you think in different ways? Um, Which I think is just fascinating. And um, But the most important part of um, a young person or even an adult learning a musical instrument is that it gives them a window into what the professionals are doing. And something I do at my concerts is I speak to the audience somewhat informally about each piece because 
I want them to know why we, the performers, are so excited about it. That we can just play by ourselves in a rehearsal and, and just have a grand old time. But it doesn't complete, the, the experience is not is not the, <clears throat> the experience isn't complete until we have an audience. And if we just stand before them and present music, sometimes it just falls flat and they feel disconnected. But if I can share either something about the music, something about the composer or the history, or even more fun is when I can share part of what we did in rehearsal to, to prepare this and why we love this piece of music and tell them things, listen for this, watch for that, then the audience just comes alive and becomes part of the performance. Absolutely. I mean, it's really a magical experience when you hear a live performance, when that music really touches you and opens your mind and heart to an experience beyond yourself, which is what music can do. It's so critical. Yes. Um, you know, um, with the Bach Parley, we perform music that has texts sometimes, but um, they're often in, in German or another foreign language. So when we just play purely instrumental music, that's the true universal communicator and that we can say volumes without using a single word that can also hit other people's hearts and connect. And that's what the Bach Parley is all about, is creating community. And that Bach Parley concerts are like a big family reunion, and we're always expanding with new members. And um, I got a note after our first concert back in person after the pandemic lockdown and it it she said um this is the first thing the first music concert i've left my house for and she couldn't imagine a better experience and i need to just put that on my bulletin board <laughs> for inspiration when i feel like um the work is so hard I think it's, you know, you just never know how you're touching people. Yes, and, you know, and you can't know. And so that's also part of the magic and the beauty of it is that all of our own experience in each of us performing informs how we play. And then that goes into each audience person's ears and, and they, it touches them in a very deep place, but also a very personal place. But we can share that all together. And I think that's the crux of creating community that the Bach Parley strives to do. And I, I always love where you hold them. They're, they're in such beautiful spaces so that you've, it, it's more intimate. You know, you're not in a big concert hall. They're they're in a much smaller environment, and that creates its own kind of uh, intimacy with the music and the musicians performing. Yes, we like to be close to the audience if we can. Um, we tend to perform a lot at St. John's Episcopal, 
And we have a wonderful partnership with them where we also teach music lessons with our String Academy. Um, we also perform at First Pres and different churches. Um, but it's those spaces are better for us because we are a smaller group. A very large Bach Parley concert might only have 15 musicians or might have as many as 15 musicians and um, as few as one. And so we like the sizes that are smaller and more intimate, and it just suits the music, and, the, and it helps us to communicate better. So, Valerie, how do you, like your own musical journey, I mean, do you search out new music, new pieces to play? Like, what is, explain that to a non-musician, me, um, of yeah. what that search is like, of, of always growing in your own craft. Well, in terms of choosing music for the concerts, we do, we're called the Bach Parley, so we do play a lot of Johann Sebastian Bach, but there are a lot of his sons and uncles and, you know, um, various Bach family people. And, but, but we like to combine very familiar things with recently discovered or brand new written things. Our pa this past June, we played a piece by Caroline Shaw that was just written about four years ago. And the audience was really excited and we were happy to play it. It was such a, an enriching experience because it was connected to a piece written in the 1600s. And so we could play something written right now that was inspired by something in the 1600s and written by a woman. And that experience was very special. So going forward, I want to do more and more of that. And um, also, there's been a wonderful um, expansion of research, both to find composers from the 17th and 18th centuries, which is just happens to be the music that we specialize in, um, that has been lost. Um, like what else was written in the middle to the last part of the 18th century that isn't Haydn or Mozart? There's just treasure troves, and scholars and musicians are uncovering these every day. Another exciting source is when we discover music that was written in the New World. Um, and inspired by um, native musical traditions, but then sort of incorporated with the idioms from 18th century European music or even earlier. Um, so finding new music from a long time ago and connecting it to music written right now is the direction I want to keep the pop parley moving in. Well, it sounds like that's what keeps you inspired. Yes, um, that and also just that there's always more to learn and um, that there's always a chance to um, feel even more comfortable performing and play with more ease. Um, I had an injury in my shoulder last spring, which meant I couldn't play for a while. And then I came back very slowly 
And um, I'm taking lessons for the first time in 22 years. And my first lesson was just amazing. And I missed that interaction because I have been in the role of the teacher for a long time. And um, I'm grateful to Corinne Stillwell at FSU for um, helping me so that I don't injure my shoulder again. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I would think your shoulder is a pretty important part of being able to play the violin. Well, we musicians are athletes. I mean, not even just small motor athletes. You know, we it's our whole bodies that have to be attended to and kept in balance and in shape and equally strong around all of the muscles that it's very easy to get stuck up in our head thinking about how we're playing and not paying attention to the actual mechanics of our muscles, large and small. And so that's another gift of playing an instrument, which is you have this awareness of how your brain is communicating with your fingers and 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 everything that is connected in between that and all of the practice you've done since you since I was five years old and how I bring all of that to every performance and even more um, tenderly for me, I bring that to every lesson that I teach. And um, one of my strengths as a teacher is I really try to see each of my students new every week. Like, what has happened to this student in the last week or the last month or they've been away for the summer? They've grown you know, and um, pedagogy and studying pedagogy um, has given me just a whole new perspective on my own playing. When you get to teach someone to do something, you learn it even more deeply than you did before. And with teaching, the the underlying principle that guides me all the time is to have a non-judgmental approach that if a student you know plays something out of tune or with the wrong rhythm they are lacking some piece of information or some awareness that i i catch my students when i'll they'll play something and i'll say okay so how did that go? What what do you need to do? And they just say, it's bad. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> That's too general. You know, it's not bad. Mis the, the, the principle that mistakes are just information and not, oh, I played the wrong note there. I'm a bad person. But, oh, I played the wrong note there. If I think about what key it's in and the interval between it and the one after it, um, I don't think I'll play that note wrong anymore. And um, so keeping a non-judgmental approach, both from the teacher to the student and also when you're practicing and playing yourself, not judging a mistake as it goes by because we are none of us are perfect. And the beautiful recordings that we get to listen to are edited um, to ad infinitum in order to make them perfect because, 
no one can make a perfect recording. And so being non-judgmental about one's own mistakes is the lesson that I continue to learn. Yep, that's a good one to learn. And it, it, it requires probably learning it again and again. Oh, yes. Um, you know, I, I, teaching is one of my favorite things to do. And I think that shows in my professional concerts, I'm most relaxed and most at home when I'm teaching the audience um, as well as performing for them. Um, it relaxes me to speak to the audience instead of just coming out all silent and playing music and then shuffling off. Um, and uh, every time I have a new student or a student that I've kept for 10 years who has been coming to see me and I've been with them as they've grown up and they'll have a lesson and I learn something new every single lesson. Um, I Sometimes I think that the students teach me as much, if not more, than I teach the students. And I love that reciprocal, mutually supportive arrangement and, um, and the experience of that. It's, um, it's unique. Well, we have a lot of good stuff here. Is there any final thing you want to add? Maybe just that um, the most gratifying part of having a partnership with St. John's Episcopal Church for the Bach Parley String Academy is that we have space and we have the freedom to raise money for need-based scholarships for students and so that we can find students who could benefit from lessons and but they would never be able to afford it otherwise and just being having that experience of having a one-to-one -one mentor is just so important for all of us that it's a wonderful partnership that allows me and allows my faculty to teach students who would never be able to have this experience otherwise and, you know, music should be available for everyone. So it's yes. a great way to help students who may never be even exposed to classical music yeah. to hear it in a different way and experience <clears throat> it in a different way. That's just it. While most of my students don't become professional musicians, they know at least in some way the process behind it. And that makes them appreciate music for the rest of their lives. My name is Valerie Arsenault, and I play the violin, and I'm the music director of the Tallahassee Bach Parley. <laughs>